Hi, I'm Renee Wilman. I'm a performance consultant and coach. I have a professional sporting background as a professional tennis player and traveled across the world competing for over a decade. I studied and lived in the USA for eight years where I completed my master's degree in psychology and cognitive science. I'm passionate about health, fitness, and mental well-being. And I'm Mike Cooper. And while I started my career in technology and IT originally, I've spent the last 15 years exploring high performance in sport and business as a mental conditioning expert and as an executive coach. I have worked with, among others, the Proteus, the Springboks, as well as Olympic athletes. I've also worked with top executives in South Africa and international companies as a team coach or as an executive coach. My focus has really been on improving performance at an individual level, a team level, with a strong focus on wellness for the individual, the team, and the company. And together, this is the Mike and Renee Show. Today, we're talking hormones with Dr. Mark Opperman of the T Clinic in Johannesburg. He's an expert in testosterone supplementation, as well as balancing hormones in men and women. I think you might be really surprised by some of the things that come out in today's interview. We've decided to make this a two-part series because the interview was so, so good, we didn't want to leave anything out. Hope you enjoy. So hey everyone, great to get together for a, a new episode today and it's one that uh, I'm very excited to do because it's one that I've been looking forward to doing for a while. Um, so it's hi from Mike. Hi from Renir. And Hello, today we're Mike. speaking to uh, Dr. Mark Opperman from the T-Clinic. Um, so Dr. Mark is someone I've known for a couple of years. Um, I found when I was working as an executive coach, um, I would come across clients sometimes who were really battling, um, tired down, depressed, a lot of brain fog, lack of energy, uh, lack of libido. And I started uh, referring clients to Dr. Mark at the T-Clinic, who's really a specialist on testosterone, hormone replacement, hormone balancing. And uh, referring clients to them, Mark would test clients and would often find that those symptoms were interestingly linked to low testosterone. So I think today it's such a relevant topic with so many clients perhaps feeling a lot of those symptoms and you're wondering, is it about testosterone? Is this something I should be interested in? Is this something I should be looking at? Should I go get this test? So we're hoping to answer a couple of those questions for you today. So Mark, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Michael, thank you very much. You know what, it's always great to be able to share information with people, um, enabling them to ask relevant questions. Um, uh, I think our society is so relevant at the moment and pervasive with anxiety and, and um, depression and uncertainty that just being um, able to say, okay, fine, I'm not mad. Uh, I'm not the only one that feels like this. Um, is um, 90% of starting to feel better. So Mark, when I, a couple of years ago when I was doing some research, like you were quite unique um, that, and the tea clinic in Johannesburg. Um, why did you start the tea clinic? 
Michael, I started the tea clinic a couple of years ago because um, as an aesthetic practitioner that was seeing a lot of men, I realized that all of them have the same complaint and that I'm tired, um, I have no energy, uh, I have no motivation, I don't want to get up in the morning, I do not have a libido, so I'm not thinking about sex. I don't have a sex drive anymore. And you know what? I'm battling with, with erections. And when I started bringing all of these together, um, you know what? I realized that there's an imbalance in hormone systems. And you know what? It's, it, it goes so much further than just testosterone. Um, the research in the past couple of years have just exploded. Um, to give a little bit of context, in the past 10 years, the amount of testosterone prescriptions that are issued has um, increased exponentially by more than 400%. So more and more people are realizing that not only testosterone, but the other hormones, um, and we'll go into that a little bit later, um, are so important in not only functioning of the brain, um, but in well-being. So for me, that, that is why the, the clinic started. And you know what, in the past couple of years, we've, we've developed into um, a specialized facility that deals with sexual dysfunction or sexual functioning in both men and women, neurological disorders, anything from pain to hormone balancing to depression, anxiety. Um, we're a multidisciplinary uh, team, uh, you know, which, which brings together so many different aspects of mental wellness and well-being. Um, and therefore, are able to give our patients a great outcome. So, you know, it all started because of fatigue and depression and anxiety. Yeah, and, and for me, that was such an interesting idea because when you think about testosterone, the traditional view is guys who take testosterone are, are your bodybuilders and they're only interested in, mm. in the bodybuilding side and that's the main driver um, for, for the use of testosterone. And I, I, was, uh, I was always so interested um, in, our, in our chats around how it, the impact that it actually has uh, from the mental side um, and, 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 and the feeling of well-being, um, your cognitive enhancement. So, 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 Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit more around the actual impact of testosterone on the body and what low-level impact it actually has? So what would a person look for or say we're worried about? So let's actually start with what testosterone is, and then we can go and what it does. So testosterone is one of our steroid hormones. And when we think about steroid hormones, you're so right. People think muscles, men. Mm. Women have testosterone as well. Um, yet uh, it's about 10 times lower than that of men. But testosterone is a psychoactive, and Renier, uh, you will know a little bit more about this. Testosterone is a psychoactive hormone, which means that it works in the brain. So 
testosterone starts playing a role in brain development, even in a fetal state. And it's responsible for formation for the formation of brain structures, actually, to, to start the process of testosterone production. It is the brain that stimulates it. Um, the brain itself will signal through chemical messengers, we call them neurotransmitters, a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. Now, very big words, let's make it easy. The hypothalamus is the part of the brain that connects the endocrine system, so the hormonal system, with the neurological system. So it puts those two things together. And it's that part of the brain that then would act on the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is a structure or a gland in the brain that controls all the other hormones. And it's the pituitary gland then, under control of the brain, that stimulates the production of testosterone in both the testicles and the ovaries. And from there, that testosterone, the biggest effect of it after puberty is on the functioning of the brain itself. So testosterone responsible for brain function, brain development, brain structure, as well as for well-being or the immune system of the brain. I hope that answers a little bit more of your question where testosterone plays a role. Yes, as we develop in men, it plays a big role in the development of the secondary sexual characteristics, which is hair, um, your voice that changes, muscle that grows, etc., etc. It plays a cardinal role in the development and the health of our gut. And we'll talk about this, I think, a little bit later. In women, it's responsible for brain formation and it plays a role in sexual development. So both sexes, men and women, have testosterone, need testosterone. Testosterone has an effect on bone mineralization and bone health. It also has an effect on our cardiovascular system. In older people, especially people that with, who have low testosterone, supplementing with testosterone increases lean muscle mass. So it increases the, the density and the strength of muscles. And that in itself leads to better mobility. Um, we cannot live without testosterone. Um, we cannot live without estrogen. And all of these things are very much linked together and in how we function and how we operate as people. So, so you've mentioned now that how testosterone is involved in development through puberty, but let's, let's fast forward it a couple of years. When do you usually start seeing people? Where do people walk through your clinic's doors? Is there usually a certain age group you would see that you usually deal with more in your practice? Or is it kind of everybody from, say, 20 years old up to 80 years old, for example? This is where it becomes very tricky. 
when I started the clinic, I thought my demographic would be patients between the ages of 50 to 75. So patients in andropause and menopause. The average age of the patients in my clinic are below 40. Um, there has been an exponential decrease in the levels of testosterone in men over the last couple of decades. And these have clearly been illustrated in big studies that's been done, especially in the United States. So we have to ask the question, why is testosterone in men decreasing? I think um, if we go and look at contributing factors, it would be environmental, um, phytoestrogens um, that we get in our water, that we get in our food. If we think about the production of meat, um, most of, of our meat is produced by injecting our animals with antibiotics, uh, hormones to increase their health, but therefore also increase muscle production or weight production. Um, and that comes through in our food. It's in our waters. You know, but 50 years ago, um, when we started with oral hormonal contraceptives, um, our water was much less polluted with estrogens and phytoestrogens than they are now. Most of our water gets recycled. We know that all our water gets recycled. Um, in some form or another, um, you know, whether it being water that ends up in our rivers or dams and then recycled, or whether it is from water that gets into the soil and then in the groundwater and we start drinking it. There's a lot of estrogens in water. I think our lifestyle also has a great um, role to play there. People are much more sedentary. We're not as active as we used to be. We're not as strong as we used to be. Yes, you guys, go, we, we go to gym. That's different to working a full day as a laborer on your piece of land or, you know, herding cattle or something like that. So it's very interesting. I had a father-son that came in. The father was in his early 60s. The son were um, 28 or was 28. Where they're still alive, was 28. Um, the father's testosterone levels were double that of his. Wow. I, I wish the people could see your face. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was my face. Yeah. Um, did, I, did I mix? No. You know what? Yeah. And I see that, Michael, and you've been with me for a while, and I, I think I've whispered this to you, that my patients who come in in their 50s and 60s have normal levels of testosterone, and my patients that come in in their 40s and 30s have low levels of testosterone. So, you know, I think lifestyle and, and our environment definitely plays a role. Wow. So, so Mark, if, so before we go talk about TRT and, like, going that route to fix it, if, if I asked you to give, like, what would be the top five things that you would suggest that people look at to try and do it themselves. So what tips would you give to people, if possible, to could a person naturally increase testosterone levels, like lifestyle changes, those type of things? So what would you suggest go that route first before you, you start looking at alternatives? Get off your ass. <laughs> Get out. You yep. know what? Be active. Yeah. Um, eat a healthy lifestyle. Yep. Stay away from sugar. Yeah. Um, 
you know what, alcohol is not great, but if you tell me that I have to stop drinking, I'm going to yep. show you a very interesting um, hand signal. Um, I've been known to suck the alcohol out of the deodorant stick, and I will continue doing so. Um, but, you know, what, the, the biggest ones are live a healthy lifestyle, eat healthy yeah. foods. Yeah. Try and stay away from processed food. All your processed food have preservatives in that has a negative impact on testosterone. Um, be active. Do weight-bearing exercises. Um, get outside into nature, even if it's just for a walk. Um, I would be very, very wary to think that I can eat myself healthy yeah. or eat myself into higher testosterone levels. And this is what I will be even more wary of. Mm. Testosterone boosting supplements in Discim and clicks and at your health shop. Um, none of why the, is that, Mark? Like, why would you say like, beware? Simple reason. None of the um, nutraceuticals hmm. have or is controlled by the Medical Control Council or SAPRA, South African um, Pharmaceutical Board. So you don't know exactly what's in there and they don't have to disclaim everything that's in there. And if you read the labels carefully, you will see most of it would say, this might, this can. Mm. Um, it never says this has been scientifically proven to do the following. Scientific proof is that it's been published in a peer review article in a reputable medical journal where it's available for scrutiny by the medical fraternity. Um, if it's not approved by your pharmaceutical board or your medical control council as a registered medication that is recognized and proven to increase this, you do not know what's in there. Um, it's, it's, um, it's going to build this warehouse and they are telling you that your topsoil um, might contain fertilizer. And what they are giving you is um, little gray pebbles. So, um, like when I talk to clients, some of the things I suggest is like keep away from plastics. Um, um, good vitamin, like many South Africans are low in vitamin D. Um, and I think that has a direct impact on testosterone, if I'm not mistaken, get more sunshine, um, <laughs> watch the meat that you eat. Um, so organic uh, food as much as possible that has no antibiotics. Um, the water that you drink, um, if possible, try and watch the quality of the water that you drink. So those are some of the key things. Are those fair? Michael, yes, they're fair, but they're incredibly difficult to do. You okay. know what? Come on. How many of us can actually go and afford to buy organic meat? Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Then obviously, where do you find organic meat? Yeah. Because yeah. in South Africa, if, there's no legislation on it. Yeah. Exactly. So there's no legislation, whether it's, whether it's produce or whether it's meat. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to do in South Africa. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Um, so... 
Yes, there are things that you can do. Basically, live a healthy lifestyle with a balanced diet. Get off your bum. Do a little bit of exercise, preferably weight-bearing exercise. Yeah. Have lots of sex. Um, you know, but all of those release endorphins. Um, endorphins are neurotransmitters. It's made in, uh, chemical messengers um, that will help us increase and optimize testosterone. There's something that I want to quickly touch on, and I just I just want to say this to people that the symptoms of low testosterone in both men and women are very much similar to those of mental health issues, specifically depression and anxiety. And let's start with them. Let's just name the first one, decrease in libido. Mm -hmm. Anxiety, depression, irritability, changes in mood, weight gain, libido that's decreasing, energy levels that's down, fatigue. Those are the most common symptoms of low levels of testosterone, but they also very much associated with mental health issues. Now, add to that decrease in cognition, concentration ability, um, motivation. You know what? That yeah. is where we start getting to, okay, how can we improve this? And it's, it's actually quite, quite simple if you understand how hormone systems work um, the principle is very easy. The execution is incredibly specialized and difficult. So let's say that. So let's say, Mark, that somebody's listening and they they kind of go, "Oh, tick 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 up." That sounds like me. They walk. They, they set up an appointment with you. They walk in the door. What's your process? Like, how do you go about helping them? So the first thing that that we need to do, and you know what, you can do this with your GP if he understands what he's doing, is let's look at blood levels. Um, mm. You know what, I, I use the analogy when I see my patients of uh, a Formula One racing team. And listen carefully, I use the word team. The body is the racing car. The patient himself or herself is the driver and my team is the technical support team. We need to get data from the car and that we do with blood tests. So chemical markers give us a lot of information. What do you measure? But the driver hmm. need to give us feedback about the handling of the car in different circumstances. So today we are doing um, practice laps in Qatar and tomorrow we're racing in um, Toronto in the middle of winter. So the conditions have changed. So we have optimized the car for desert heat, but we're racing 
in snow and ice. So what do we need to do? We need to alter how we have power output. We have to put snow tires on with chains, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the role of me and my support team, the technical team. So um, it's, it's, um, we always start with baseline. What is it that we're dealing with? Where are we? What is the car us? And then what are you experiencing? What are you, the driver, experiencing while driving this car? And then I go into an explanation for my patients and I take the data that I get from the car, the biochemical data, the blood tests, and I explain to them how this relates to how they are feeling and how they're experiencing this drive. Then we go and we start balancing the power ratio to the conditions on the track, to the tires, to the braking, and give the patient the best outcome. So you've been through um, a, a patients that you've referred to me, and I think most of them have given you feedback. Our consultations are quite long. Our consultations are intense. For me, what someone needs to understand is I can guide you, but you know what? The feedback that you give me allows me to adjust so that you get the best possible outcome. But ultimately, if you don't understand the process, you cannot be in control. And as a technical support team, if you give control over to me, I can only fine-tune the car, but not the drive. So, so Mark, if, if someone steps into your practice and you start the blood panels, they start doing blood tests, how many times do they kind of see you before you might make a recommendation of, no, let's, let's try some testosterone replacement therapy with whatever medium you would say would work the best? Earlier, we tried to streamline the process because I have patients all over the world. Um, most of the time, we send generic blood tests to our patients, which they do before they come in. So then we can do our clinical assessment, which consists of a detailed medical history. Um, I spent a lot of time on understanding exactly what the patient is experiencing. Um, and during that consultation, if we get a clear picture um, and there's not unforeseen or um, misunderstood or not completely understood comorbidities, we go ahead and formulate a treatment plan during the same session. So a consultation, usually between an hour and an hour and a half. That's all for this week. But the interview with Dr. Mark's not over. We decided to cut it into two episodes because it's been so interesting. So make sure to come back for the next series and listen to Dr. Mark explain exactly then he, how he goes on to treat patients who come in with these type of problems. See you then. Cheers. The Mike and Rear podcast does not in any way constitute medical advice. Please make sure to do your own research and consult a medical doctor before making any decisions. They also don't reflect necessarily the 
opinions of Mike or Rainier, but are the opinions of the person being interviewed.